Trent and Biz together here for a Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. We take a look at the Iowa basketball team, a fun one, and fun Iowa offense on the football field. We break it down today, Locked On You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon. That's Biz, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Biz, fun football, fun basketball, even in a loss. Iowa women, though they do not get to number one in the AP poll, a nice start to the season. It's all coming up Hawkeyes here this week. Yeah, good time to be a Hawk right now. It's been, it's been a fun, uh, you know, it's been a fun couple weeks after, uh, you know, let's be honest. Watching Iowa football wasn't exactly fun for the first uh, two months, but uh, last week Saturday was sure fun. And uh, like you said, both men and women's basketball—that's uh, about as fun a brand of basketball as you're going as you're going to get to see. So uh, yeah, but, but, but enjoyable. Let's hope it. Uh, let's ride the wave. Let's start with some football and first to look back at the win against Rutgers. And for the first quarter, it was kind of more of the same. Deacon Hill gets off to a one for five start throwing the football. A couple of Hideous ones in there, and then all of a sudden in the second quarter, got the wind at his back, hit a couple of passes, one on a drag route to Estranga, uh, also was able to find Nico Ragiini, and all of a sudden you could see him getting a little more comfortable out there, starting to make the makeable, something that just has not even been a part of what he's been able to do out there. Though he threw that terrible interception late in the first half, it you could definitely see maybe the confidence starting to build with Deacon Hill. Yeah, I'll be honest, Trent. I, I didn't think he had it in him, but uh, he, he looked great. I, I mean, and that's not an exaggeration to say great. I mean, just I mean, and credit to our offensive line; they gave him a ton of time. But he looked just really comfortable in the pocket. He looked; he had a great presence, and just he read went to the second, th- third read a couple of times, and uh, you know, it was it was you know that's not a bad defense either. Rutgers is a, is a good football team, and, and they were. were uh, you know, they've, they've given fits to some a lot better quarterbacks than Deacon Hill, that's for sure. So, um, you know, impressive all around. I mean, the question now is, was it a fluke or, or can he yeah. keep it up? But, uh, I mean, for one week at least, he looked like a completely serviceable or, or maybe even better uh, Big Ten quarterback. So, uh, you know, fun to watch. You know, the best – my favorite thing about, about Saturday was that was literally exactly what you want to see out of Iowa football. Um uh, you know, it was a physical game, a physical brand of football, offensive line, great across the board, you know, run blocking, pass blocking, but there was also creativity. You know, we ran some jet sweep op, uh, uh, jet sweep options out of there. We also did a lot of five wide. I think we were, I think I saw somewhere with the Deacon Hill was like seven for seven on, on five wide situations wow. um, or six for seven. I think the one, he, the one he hit jazz in the face mask, I think it was the only miss, but uh, um, you know, just 
creative, but but power based football, and that's that's what you want to see out of Iowa football. So uh, <laughs> I hope it wasn't a fluke. Let's hope it was the beginning of a you know a month where our offense actually shows some glimmer of hope, glimmer of uh, of hope going forward. I uh, was talking to a high school football coach this week, and one thing that he mentioned, and obviously knows kind of the a little bit deeper than the knowledge that we have. He said his footwork was completely different than anything that he's seen at a in his career. When you mentioned the time that he had, that helps with your footwork, but the ability for him, and maybe it's just as simple as that, you know, a guy that's gone through now a lot more reps getting that after the bye week and figuring out a way just to get the the simple things that I think we take for granted, but footwork and that leads to the accuracy. He said his footwork was as good as he ever saw. And, and it makes a whole lot of sense when you hear something like that. I'm really impressed with his footwork in, in the bootleg game. He just looks really comfortable bootleg. There was a play, I think it was third quarter or fourth quarter, where he, he bootleg got, we had two guys open in the bootleg. He could have easily checked down and thrown a, yep. a two-yard pass and made it easy. Instead, he confidently threw a 12, 15-yard out, and we got you know 18 yards on the play and just made it look easy. I mean, that's a play three weeks ago. He probably throws that in the third row. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're wondering why in the world didn't you just check it down? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just one of many plays where you look at it, and just, like I said, I didn't think he had it in him. But, I mean, it, I don't think it was a fluke. I, I think, you know, is he going to look that great going forward? Probably not. But, I mean, there was enough evidence on Saturday to show that I think he can be a capable quarterback going forward. So we also saw the emergence of Caleb Brown. You mentioned the jet sweep using him a couple of different times in that, the uh, two-point conversion that wasn't, and Kirk was still salty about that in the Tuesday press conferences. He wasn't real pleased and doesn't know what we're doing with replay and thinks that's something that needs to be reevaluated uh, there. Had the touchdown. You can see why he was in the Ohio State wide receiver room, why it may be the deepest wide receiver room in college football history a year ago. He played four games as a true freshman. This dude's super talented, and he's got – He's got speed, obviously, but there's a power to his game. And you can see why he's a good running back in high school, too. He's still figuring it out, but for a guy, it would have been very easy. Had the game that he sat out that he would have tucked his tail and, and called it good and sat out next year and gone somewhere else. He's put in the work. He's done everything necessary, and it's great to see a guy now being rewarded with that and what looks to be a really big playmaker for Iowa. Yeah, first, amen to, to Kirk on the on the replay stuff. I've I've gotten to the point where I can't stand any video replays. Like to me, the point of replay is to fix indisputable mistakes. Mm-hmm. And to me, if if it takes more than thirty seconds, it's not indisputable because if yeah. you have to look at it from three or four different angles, somebody's going to disagree with you. If it's not indisputable, then don't change it. And I just I I'm tired of it. I I, I know I'm pissing into the wind here. It's not going to change. But uh, to me, after thirty seconds, the the Video should just shut off. If you haven't made your decision in 30 seconds, then stick with the what was on the field. It's not meant to be like the uh, you know the JFK film where you're you're slowing it down to super super slow mode to determine you know do they miss it by this much? I mean, if it's wrong, fix it. If they step out of bounds blatantly, obviously, and you missed it. If they drop it and you blatantly, obviously, missed it, great, fix it. Outside of that, don't mess with it. It's just I, I, again, I know I'm complaining for for just complaining sake because it's not going to get fixed, but, but there's my rant, but yeah, Caleb Brown. I mean, I'm hoping this is a kid that's finally getting it. It sounds like the first half of the year, he wasn't real committed and was doing some things that you don't like to see, you know, young guys doing, but it certainly seems like maybe he's earned 
his right to be on the field now. I mean, that's something that I know a certain part of our fan base gets mad about that, but I, I love that. I love the fact that you can't just walk in and just, you know, jump over people. You got to earn your way onto the field at Iowa. And that's part of the reason I think as part of our culture and part of the reason we've been a consistently successful team because you're not just given a free ride. You got to prove yourself. And it seems like maybe knock on wood, he has proved himself over the last month and he's, he's earned some trust because he's, he's not listed as the starter, which uh, is amazing considering three weeks ago, he wasn't on the death chart. Yeah. It's uh, great to see now a starter with the injury to Deontay vines, the defense pitches a shutout and, well, it takes us through the first segment before we even get into that defense. They've given up one touchdown over the last month, plus they're playing at an incredibly high level. We'll talk about that defense as we continue, plus get into a little Iowa basketball. Though it was a lost Tuesday night against Creighton, they are playing at a really, really high level. Fun team to watch. We'll get into the Hoopsters as well as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. With my small business, every once in a while, you need to find somebody to fill a role. LinkedIn Jobs is the easy way to create a free job post on their website. All you do, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That spreads the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one versus leading competitors in delivering quality hires. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Time for our Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. And much like Caleb Brown, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Caleb Brown, the game changer from last week against Rutgers, jet sweeps, the ability to get into the end zone late to put the football game away, an emergence of a big-time wide receiver. That's big for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They're full-flavored, well-crafted, and just like full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. And no hangovers ever. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy them online, athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers, use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. Again, that's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Trenton Biz back with you once again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Biz, we go through our first 10-minute conversation. We don't talk about the defense that pitched a shutout. They've given up one touchdown. That was on a short field against Northwestern over the last month. This was a defense that, for Iowa standards, Phil Parker standards, was kind of average at the beginning of the season. Is it the competition that they faced over the last month, or how great do you believe this Iowa defense is? 
Um, you know, it's it's you run out of adjectives to describe how great Phil Parker is anymore. I mean, I thought a month ago this team was above average at, at defense, but I mean, what they've done the last month is crazy because not only are they shutting people out and, and not giving up touchdowns, they're not really creating a lot of turnovers. I mean, they're, they're doing it by just completely shutting people down. I mean, I, I think our defense is so respected now that people realize like we can't be risky against Iowa. The best made, you know, Penn state made the blueprint for beating Iowa, which is be methodical, push it down our throats and uh, you know, just be patient. And, but the thing is there aren't many teams, in the big 10 that have the talent to do that. There's probably three of them. I mean, you're talking Penn state, Michigan and Ohio state outside of that, you saw Rutgers. They tried to be patient. They tried to do those types of things, but uh, we just, they're, they're so much better than they were a month ago. And, and it's just amazing to me how, uh, how that can be. Cause uh, I mean, they've, like I said, at some point you just run out of adjectives or descriptions for how great Phil Parker is as a coach. Cause I see we're back down to we're slightly under four yards per play again, which yeah. no team had done that at all in you know 12 years. And now we're going to do it two years in a row probably. Cause I mean, I don't see Illinois or Nebraska really exploding on us. I mean, Illinois might score some points, but I see, bizarrely they decided to uh go back to luke altmeyer at quarterback wow. today that guy's a turnover machine so uh i i hope i hope uh burt's not lying i hope uh, altmeyer is the quarterback because i like our chances a lot better if that guy's behind the guy center yeah uh, that one was absolutely baffling the decision after a guy throws for 500 yards nope we're going back to altmeyer uh, is an Ayala thing there? Uh, who knows? That that was a weird one, uh, no doubt about it. Well, let's talk about this basketball team. They lose on Tuesday night to Creighton. And, you know, outside of stretch at the beginning of the second half, another one after they cut it to six, this team played really well. That's a really talented Creighton team. You go into their building, 16,000 people in there, and the freshmen didn't look out of place. Uh, Perkins came up, I thought, big in, in some big moments. You saw a little bit of everything from this team. Now, of course, Fran sat Sanford and he plays 18 minutes of the game, but that's a conversation I know we'll have throughout the course of the season. I, I walked away much more optimistic about this basketball team, certainly than I was coming into the year. Yeah. And through three games, Trent, it's not an exaggeration. It's, I, I love this team. They're so fun to watch. They're, uh, I, this is, Fran's teams have always been enjoyable on offense, but this team seems really connected on offense right now. Everybody seems to know and understand and embrace their role, both starters and the the young guys. I mean, it's just, they really, uh, they're fun to watch. And, you know, last night, like you said, things got away from the start of the second half, but I think that more than anything was just credit to Creighton than us. I mean, I actually thought our defense, for the most part, we, we forced them into, mm-hmm. you know, difficult shots and I thought we, we defended the post pretty well and second half they just moved the ball unbelievably well they made two or three passes and I was like wow that, that that's a uh, that is a high level pass to get to get the guy open and and then they made shots I mean they were on fire to start the second half so I mean I don't know I mean is this team going to be great no but I mean, they seem to at least be putting in the effort on the defensive end and they seem to be really well connected on the offensive end and as you've seen the Big Ten seems to be pretty damn average this year. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just really enjoy this team. I, I I can't remember. When's the last time, Trent, you can remember four fresh uh, Iowa hitting on four freshmen and, and looking at them three games of the year saying, hey, all four of these guys have a chance to be really, really good Big Ten players. Yeah. I, I don't 
I don't know if it's happened in a super long time because you even go through when they signed. It feels like a stat boy question. We need to get it. does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we usually, I mean, usually Iowa hits on one or two in the class, mm-hmm. but to yeah. go four for four. And I mean, obviously three games, it's very premature, but man, they all four look like they, uh, they got some talent and they, and they don't look overwhelmed at all. Owen Freeman was the only one of the, I guess, regulars. Uh, Price Sanford also had a plus, a positive plus minus, but Owen Freeman had by far the highest. He was plus 10 in there, and he saw late in the game, they went with Perkins at the point. It was Sanford at the two. Patrick played the three, Freeman at the four, and Cricky at the five. And that's probably a lineup against like Purdue. You know, they're probably going to have to use that kind of lineup often. That group of freshmen, when they play together, they had Dix out there with them. I thought they played really well. When they got down 17, that was a group that got them right back with a quick 7 nothing run. So they're not overwhelmed. For four freshmen, basically playing together with Dix, who was limited last year with the injury, to come in there in that environment, you're right. The, the future looks really, really good. They got two top 75 players coming in next year. Uh, it's really exciting what, what they have going forward. And, and for this team, I didn't think they'd even, you know, middle of February, have a realistic shot of even being a bubble team. Not the case anymore. Now, you got to go down to San Diego and, and probably beat Oklahoma, and maybe you can get two wins down there. The likelihood of beating Purdue in December on the road, not very high. The Iowa State game in Hilton is going to be a bear there. Got to beat Michigan in that other December conference game. But, you know, you do something like that, you build yourself up and have a real chance of, of giving yourself a shot. And that's a fun place to be with what's to be a really fun team. And, and can they be just a tick better defensively? Certainly better than I thought they were going to be at this point. Uh, just that, that energy level, that second group is, is fun to watch. And, yeah. you know, I know in the past, you and I, and I think most Iowa fans have thought that that Fran probably plays too many players. But this year, I'm, I'm totally fine with him playing 10 yep. all year yep. long for Same. two reasons. One, I think it does help us defensively because it keeps people fresh. But second, I think they all deserve it. I think they're all playing good basketball right now. And I, I'm totally fine with doing, uh, you know, starters play 25 minutes. That backup group plays 15 minutes. You give them that, you know, five to six minute stretch in the middle. And if they're playing well, you expend it you know, like they did last night, the second half. Extend it out and make it eight to nine minutes. But I mean, I I can't remember the last time that every player that Fran plays, you know, you're like, oh, I, I see why they're playing. Usually by this point, we're like, I know, the, we got this guy needs to stop playing, or we need to yeah. narrow down the rotation. But like, you know, guys like I thought Desante Bowen. Yeah, you know, I don't think he scored a single point last night. But I thought he did a great job of getting into the lane, facilitating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he you know, I thought he played well last night. I thought Patrick. I, you know, he was much more aggressive, much stronger around the hoop. I just think he looks a little more, you know, comfortable, I guess, than he did last year. I don't know if that's part of it's the, the mental side of things, but I mean, he just looks more comfortable. And then, you know, you know what you're getting with, you know, when, when you get a confident Tony and a top confident Peyton, I mean, they're, they're both, uh, they're both uh, walking buckets when they get, when they have their confidence going. So uh, if they can keep this confidence up, but you know, you know are they going to be, you know, are they going to be a top 10 team? No, but can they make the make the tournament where they played last night? Absolutely. Iowa women do not get to number one. We'll get to that in just a moment. Before that, I want to tell you Lockdown has launched our first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for your 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with local experts on Lockdown plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
Uh, Biz, the basketball team on the women's side, thought they were going to head to number one after UConn goes down on Sunday. Earlier in the week, of course, LSU fell. But South Carolina uh, jumps over them to get to the number one spot. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But I don't know. It was just one of those things. It felt like almost a foregone conclusion. And then you see South Carolina number one. Yeah, well, and I'll just say, Trent, uh, two things. One, South Carolina should be number one. They absolutely annihilated two top 15 yeah. teams. And number two, who cares? Like, I, I, I just, <laughs> this uh, this blows my mind that there's a portion of our it's, – honestly, it's kind of an embarrassing portion of our fan base. It drives me nuts because you just know that, A, they're going to get mad, and there's a certain portion of our fan base that wants to bring race into these things. Oh, and, and it's just embarrassing. Like, the whole stuff with LSU and South Carolina, all of it just makes me cringe But for that part of our fan base. Just – Enjoy what we have. We've got a damn good basketball team. I couldn't care less if we're ranked 50th right now. It doesn't matter. Like, just play good basketball, and the rest of it will. Uh, the rest of it will work out in the end. So, uh, I don't know. People get people get worked up by the stuff, and, and I guess it's good to have a passionate fan base. But man, there's a certain level, certain certain aspect of our fan base that just drives me nuts with their stupidity sometimes. Like, just look at it objectively. South Carolina should be number one right now. They they, they have a, two dominating wins. Yes, we have one, but uh, I mean, our win was a, came down to the last minute. They absolutely throttled two basketball powers. And so they should be number one. I mean, that's the fact of the matter, but again, I don't care. Uh, what I do care is that man, Iowa, Iowa women's basketball is uh, awful fun to watch. I'm, I'm very excited to do a, go watch two games this week. We'll be there in person both Thursday and Sunday. And uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, we're talking about how we, we need to get there. You know, we need to go eat at Wigan Penn beforehand because it's impossible to find parking for women's basketball. It's pretty pretty cool to pretty cool to think that you have to uh, make make advanced plans to get into Carver to watch the women's team play. Yeah, we have uh, definitely come a long way from what, what it once was for Iowa women's basketball. With that, Biz, we will make our picks for the week, our lock of the week. Didn't go so well for you last week. I got the T-Box this week because I had UNLV. You had Kentucky last week. And we'll talk about the point spread as well for the Iowa game. It's all presented by FanDuel. We'll do that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less of a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. So coming up, I took a look at it this week and very simply, I'm just going to go quarterbacks in the NFL. Joe Burrow, more or less, 262 and a half is the number of passing yards on Thursday night as they face off against Baltimore. We're going to go less on that one. Dak Prescott, more or less 269 and a half against Carolina. I'm going less on that one. We are going to go a bit higher on one, and we are going to go higher than 230 and a half for Kyler Murray against Houston. You put them all together and a chance for you to get big wins coming in to your prize picks account. Really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college 
with the code Lockdown College for that first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy with prize picks. Trenton Biz back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. All right, Biz, time to get into our picks of the week. We make our lock of the week and then uh, take a look at the Iowa-Illinois game as they get ready to face off Saturday in Kinnick. You know, a cool note on that, Biz, you know, this is going to be the last time there's a chance that a trophy will be awarded on the field at Kinnick Stadium. You know what I'm saying? Because going forward, even if Iowa gets to a Big Ten championship, they're not going to give them a trophy for getting a spot in the Big Ten championship with no divisions. This will be the last time a trophy presentation can happen on the field, at least in the current construction of the Big Ten. So I think you and I, were we both there for the last two? Because you were there in 04 for Wisconsin and then 15, uh, the snowy game for Purdue. So, uh, yeah, it'd be, uh, you know, we don't take for granted, you know, this doesn't happen very often in Iowa football. So if it happens, it'd be the third time in, in 20 years that there'd be a, a trophy on the field at, uh, at Kinnick. So, uh, you know, I know this year has been a bizarre year, but uh, to be in the situation we are right now, to, to lock up the uh, the Big Ten West uh, with a week to go is, is pretty awesome. I mean, and it's a credit to the, the program and a credit to the coaches and, and the pl- and players for uh, blocking out all the outside noise and doing what they needed to do. And, you know, I saw well, that Kirk is now what seven, one seventeen. I lost eighteen in November. What, what you, what, whatever you say about our program, that's an amazing stat. Yeah. That is, that is, that says everything you need to know about Iowa football. When you win seventeen out of eighteen in November, you're doing something right. And definitely the case right now for this Hawkeye team. Let's try to make it eighteen of nineteen against Illinois. The Hawkeyes are a three point favorite currently at FanDuel. The over under sits at thirty and a half. And I don't know, that that decision that we heard from uh, Bielema to go back to Altmaier, that, that made me certainly more confident going into this game. What we saw in the fourth quarter and really the last three quarters out of this offense, I, Illinois can score, okay, but that defense just hasn't clicked this year. And are they going to be capable of coming in there? We know Bielema's going to have his team fired up. I mean, that's not a surprise, but uh, where was your concern level right now? If you had to make a, make a bet on Iowa or Illinois, where would you be? I actually like the over, Trent. I, I, I think, I think uh, not saying it's going to be a shootout, but I, I think Illinois, I, I think they'll come in with kind of a uh, we got nothing to lose mentality. I think they will take some shots. I think they'll they'll, they'll uh, be a little more risky than, than what we saw with Rutgers and a few other teams. And uh, I think that might lead to a couple of things. One, they may score some points, but I think they're also going to make some boneheaded mistakes. And we might see a defensive touchdown or, some turnovers, so I can see this one getting a little, little wilder than uh, you know. I don't, I don't see Bielema coming in and, and playing this close to the best. I think he's going to take some shots, and that may work, or it may blow up in his face. So uh, I was surprised. I thought this spread might be closer to thirty-five, just because. I mean, you look at Illinois the last few weeks; they've put up a lot of points, but they can't stop anyone. So yeah, you know, I, you know, do I think we're going to score a lot of points? No, but do I think we can get? Uh, you know, 20, 25 again. Sure. So, I mean, would it surprise me if we won 24, 13? I mean, that's a pretty easy cover. So, or over, I mean, so I like the over and hmm. I don't, uh, you know, I don't say that very often. So bet, <laughs> bet the over on Iowa football trend. 
My lock of the week this week is in the good pack. Oh, wait, that's now. not that's not my lock of the week, by the way. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going Washington, Oregon State. Give me the Beavers here. This thing keeps uh, getting steam. It's up to two and a half now. Luckily, excuse me, I got it earlier in the week at one when I locked that one in. But for our purposes, we do it as we talk in. Two and a half is the number. Going to lay it, and I think Oregon State gets a win. Obviously, the undefeated run ends for Washington, a team that, since that Oregon game, just hasn't played great football. Give me, give me KU, Trent, uh, the old Sunflower State uh, battle. Um, you know, rivalry game, two good football teams. Um, KU stubbed their toe a couple of times, but I think they're a good team. Um, you Give me more than a touchdown at home in a rivalry game, I'll take it every time. So uh, Kansas State's favored by eight and a half. I, I think Kansas State will find a way to win the game, but I think it'll be a, it'll be a, a one score or less game. So uh, give me KU uh, plus eight and a half. All right, Kansas and Oregon State are locks of the week. Biz, two football powerhouses. Yes, yes. We're really going after the who's who of college football in that one. Biz, I will see you, well, on Friday night after I make my way down to Iowa City. No, you won't. I'm going to be asleep by the time you get there. (laughs) It's got late night. Midnight, so. And uh, we got an early morning right around the corner on top of it. But looking forward to that, our annual Floyd of Boner tournament, our big bead mag tournament that we have and. Uh, we got a few extras coming in this year, which is great to see a lot of our friends that don't make it to a lot of the games going to be there. Should be a really fun time on Saturday, and let's bring home a trophy. Yeah, should be mid-50s and sunny for late November, so we'll, we'll take it, Trent. So uh, yeah, let's hope for a, a Floyd Boner uh, trophy and a uh, Big Ten West trophy all in one day. That's how Boner would have wanted it. We'll see you on Friday night, Biz. All right, go Hawks.